this is Malia Hoffman, and I'm here with Fred Ramirez, and you are listening to the Carrero Podcast. Today, our guest is Grace Van Worst. Grace has always had a passion for activism. Her school has fostered it and provided her with the tools necessary to act upon her passion. In her school, students are given the choice and freedom in their education. Students are able to set up their schedule on a day-to-day basis, choose electives ranging from Photoshop and global cultures, and work in innovative environments that encourage project-based learning. In her sixth grade year, she was given the opportunity to do a project on plastic pollution, where she connected with a Harvard professor, state legislators, and even people from the other side of the globe. From there, her passion for activism exploded and continued to find ways to advocate for different issues. Currently, she works as a staff writer for a nonprofit, Redefy. Redefy is a teen-led social justice advocacy group whose mission is to boldly defy stereotypes, encourage acceptance, redefine perspectives positively, and create an active community. Alongside of working with Redefy, she works with JUV Consulting Marketing Agency, working with companies to more authentically and powerfully engage young audiences. Her job with JUV allows her to express her opinion on how companies market and appeal to Gen Z. Hi, Grace. Thanks so much for being with us today. To start off, can you share with us what your preferred social media outlets are? Yeah, thank you for having me. Okay, so I use a few different social medias, um, but I use Instagram the most. Um, so my Instagram is just Grace Van Borst. Oh, what, what are your what are your other ones? Or is that the main one that you use? Um. So I mean, I have Twitter and Facebook, but I don't post or anything. <laughs> okay, and. Speaking of posts, Grace, uh, <laughs> every time I every time I uh, look at your post, you're 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 standing with with some presidential candidate. What is up with this? How do you get so close? Yeah, I'm so, I'm a bit of a political junkie. Uh, I've been following current events very closely, especially the presidential race. Um, I live pretty close to Iowa. So okay. a lot of the candidates have been like within like an hour or two of my house. And so it's just been a matter of me bothering my grandma enough to take me to events. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. Oh, and, and, and right before we, we, we actually dive, dive into, in, um, into things, um, let, the, let the listeners know what, um, what, what grade you're in. I'm in eighth grade. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and, and so this isn't something that you've just started, but you've been active for quite a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, so, so tell us about some of the, some of the projects that, that you've been working on. So like more recent? Yes. Or? Yes. Okay. So recently, um, well, currently I'm a part of a few nonprofits um, I'm a part of a nonprofit called Redify, and Redify is a social justice, like, journalism nonprofit whose, like, goal is to boldly defy stereotypes, encourage acceptance, and to redefine perspectives positively. And with them, I've been doing a lot of, like, journalism entries. Uh, I've written about the importance of voting, about how uh, natural disasters disproportionately affect lower income households. So that's been uh, really cool. Um, I'm also a part of 
the Sunrise Movement, um, which is a really cool climate uh, organization. Um, and their goal is to build an army of young people to stop climate change and create millions of good jobs in the process. Um, I think climate change was probably the thing that got me into activism in the first place. Um, and so it's just been such an incredible experience and empowering um, to work with them. And so through them, I've been uh, starting a club at my school. And so I'm super excited to see what my club can do uh, and just to get started organizing. Um, additionally, I'm a part of JUV Consulting. Uh, JUV Consulting is a company that works to help marketing agencies authentically and powerfully engage young audiences. And so it's helped, well, it's allowed me to kind of share my ideas and my thoughts on how uh, companies can better market towards my generation. Okay. That's super and, interesting. And you are a full-time student in eighth grade and then you do all of these other things. Yeah. Um, where do you find the time? It has been difficult to find the time. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's just a matter of knowing and understanding that I do have a lot of, um, I do have a lot of responsibilities and being able to manage my time well and just take my take time to care for myself. Yeah. And so that I do put an effort to work for these nonprofits so I can be putting in my best effort. Yeah. Good. Um, um, it seems like a lot of these things are your passions too. So they may not feel yeah. like work quite so much because you just enjoy what you're doing and being involved. So that, that helps. Definitely. See, and one of the things that that some of our listeners might be might might be saying is like, well, she should be teaching for, or she should be, um, you know, she should be going to school, and that's and that should be the only thing that um, she should be worried about, uh, be, because there because there could be those that say, you know, why don't you just wait till 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 you're in college to re- to really do this stuff? What would you what would you say to people who think like this? I, I can't stress enough that it's important that young people get involved. I think we've been seeing a lot of decrease in political involvement in like millennials and younger people. And I think that just highlights the importance of just why young people need to get involved in uh, current events early because we truly are going to be the leaders of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if we don't start getting engaged now, how are we going to know like how to get engaged a couple years down the road? I, I think that's super important. And I think for a lot of young people your age, it's, they kind of think like, well, it doesn't really matter. Like it, um, it works itself out and, you know, we didn't make this mess like the adults who are making the choices and making the decisions now are the ones who made this mess, but like, I'm just one person. So what do you say to someone who might say something like that? I guess it's, it's definitely unfair yeah. that we have to be worrying about issues like this yeah. at our age. <laughs> but I think it's important that each one of us does contribute to helping the problem because if everybody says that another person right. will be the person to step up, 
yeah. then we don't have anyone who's going to step up. Yes. And someone in an earlier podcast of ours said, if each person does a little, then one person doesn't have to do a lot. And so that's a lot of extra effort if each person does a little. And you are doing a lot. But if each person does maybe a third of what you're doing, can you imagine the impact on the world, you know, that they could have? Yeah. Um, Now, can you, can you talk about um, people that impacted you in order to grow into this activist that you, that you're, that, that you are? So I think there's a lot of people that impacted me. Um, especially in my school. Um, I think there's one, I've had it like an amazing teachers, um, an amazing principal as well. Um, but I think in particular, um, my sixth grade science teacher has impacted me a lot. Um, my sixth grade science teacher, um, Miss Plain, was so passionate about the environment, about plastic pollution. And I just remember listening to her talk and like, I just remember like all the optimism and all the passion that just like seemed to radiate off of her and how she believed in each and every one of her students and she seeked to empower them. Um, Unfortunately, she passed away a few months ago to cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, but I hope that... Um, through activism, I can do her legacy justice. Yeah. Well, you're off to a very strong start, so that's pretty cool. You've gotten to travel a little bit on some of your yeah. your passion projects here. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about where you've gotten to go and what you've done there? Um, so over the summer, I got to go to the island of Utila, Honduras, through a, through a school project on plastic pollution. Um and it was just incredibly eye-opening. It was my first time out of the country, so I was super nervous. Um, but when I got there, I was just met with such a beautiful and vibrant community um, that it's just like, it's hard to describe how amazing it was there. Um, but as we started doing the work that we were planning to do on the island, um, we started realizing that there was another side to this beautiful island. And that was the plastic pollution and the climate crisis that was affecting them firsthand. Um, On our trip, we did a few beach cleanups. And I just remember walking along the beach and feeling like the plastic under my feet. And then we like sit down and we start cleaning it up. But we'd sit there for like a couple of hours and it felt like we got nowhere just because of how many pieces of plastic were on the beach. Yeah. Um, And then continuing on with that trip, um, like we heard stories from locals about areas that they used to hang out at that were now underwater. And it just kind of hit me that the climate crisis isn't going to affect us like 50 years into the future. It's affecting us right now. Yeah. And I guess it was it was just kind of a moment that really stood out to me and struck me. Um. So yeah, that was just an incredible experience. And that's kind of what launched, um, like I was always passionate about the climate crisis, but I feel like that was kind of what launched me into action. Um, just, and then I got to go on another climate trip. Um, just this, I feel like, I think it was two weeks ago. 
Um, and that was a trip to Washington, D.C. Um, through the Sunrise Movement. Uh, I got, it was my first time ever like flying alone. So super nerve wracking. Um, and I never really done anything like that, but it was just such a welcoming experience. Uh, there were so many like-minded individuals there. It was just, it was amazing. Um, but the trip was to give other high school and middle schoolers a chance to like get training and get the resources and tools necessary to um, do a climate strike or start taking climate action in their own communities. Um, so while we were there, we did multiple trainings um, and workshops. I made some really cool friends. Um, but at the end of the trip, um, we got to take escalated action at the Capitol building, um, which was incredible and overwhelming. Uh, so on that day, we uh, all packed up because we had to head home after it. Um, but we kind of got into our groups and we we had like done multi, like a lot of prep beforehand. Like we had met with like legal teams. Um, we had like practiced our routine um, and a lot of stuff just to make sure everything went smoothly. But we went, we had to go through the, we couldn't like post on any social media um, because it had to be like totally secret, like discreet. And then we had to like go underground um, we had to take the, the tunnel from like the Library of Congress to the Capitol building. Um, and once we were there, uh, we, once we were there, uh, we all kind of like, just like walked around for a while. And then when we were given the signal, we all marched into formation and we started singing our songs. And it was so incredible. Like it's hard to describe like how I felt because there were just so many emotions. Like I was terrified but I was also empowered. Um, and so as we sang our songs and as we had speakers go, we drew a lot of attention from the crowd around us. Um, we were holding signs that like, that said F minus um, to different senators who hadn't um, like championed the Green New Deal uh -huh. because we were there to kind of teach them a lesson. <sighs> Wow, that's and so, incredibly brave yeah. and really cool. Um, and the, the police were very quick to intervene, um, so we didn't get through all of our speakers. Um, but as we were there, um, as we started to leave, um, it was just, it was terrifying. I mean, I've never had an encounter with the police before. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But you were practicing your First Amendment right, so well done. Yeah. yeah. Um, but while I wasn't planning on getting arrested that day, there were other people who were planning on getting arrested. Um, <laughs> at the protest, 20 people got arrested, and six, I think eight of them actually were minors. Wow. So under 18. Um, they're incredibly brave. Um, yeah. A lot of my peers were standing up there and so they stayed back as we all marched out um we continued our protests outside for a while um and then eventually we um went to like the juvenile detention center in the jail to wait for our wow. 
That's an incredible experience. And I'm very impressed because, you know, we live in a culture where people are keyboard warriors and they will vent Mm -hmm. on Facebook or send a tweet and never do anything about it. And here you are, an eighth grader, exercising your constitutional right and and like really putting yourself out there to make a change. That's really impressive. You should be proud of that. So, so as a, as a teacher, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, um, you know, if, how do you, how do you manage sitting in classrooms where, (laughs) and now think, you know, think, you know, for the next couple of years when you're, when you're going to be sitting in high schools and, um, and if you choose, and if you choose, choose to go to college, um, with all these life experiences, um, isn't school going to be boring? <laughs> I mean, I mean, if we, if we, if we think about the stereotypical school, um, there's a lot of drill and kill. So, so how are you going to stay motivated? I mean, school can be boring. Um, but I have felt really empowered by my school. I think without my school that I go to, I wouldn't have done any of this. Okay. Can you elaborate a little bit more on how your school empowers you to do these things? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been incredibly fortunate to go to such an amazing school. Um, I think Mr. Elwine, my principal was on one of the podcasts. Yeah, he was. Yeah, earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but he's just been amazing for fostering such an incredible school environment. Uh, but overall, I guess my school has given, has like, sorry, um, has given me so much. It's hard to describe everything that my school has done for me because it's just, it's, it's been incredible, um, but it's taught me how to advocate for myself, especially. Um, three years ago, I sat in class and I was completely silent. Like, I would not talk at all. I was super shy. And here I am. Um, <laughs> so, Well, yeah, yeah I mean, you've really, like, I can tell that you seem very confident you are very passionate. You are very articulate. It's it's impressive to hear you talk about these things at this level and to think of how many adults that I know that are not this articulate and that are not this passionate about anything. So it's just very inspiring to see. And it's a great testament to your school, but also to how hard you work and to follow your passions and, and you yeah. know, like you're putting in a lot of work. So don't discount yourself sure. from that, which is mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Correct. Correct. Now, um, so, so what type of, so what type of that advice would you, would you give to teachers? Um, and, you know, working with, working with people like, well, just working with, work with students in general. I think the biggest thing that any teacher can do is just build relationships with their students. Our school does a really good job of that. And I definitely felt more engaged. I felt more comfortable advocating for myself, 
Um, it's just having those relationships with students makes everyone in the class feel more at ease and it helps students engage in the classroom. Um, additionally, I think it's important that teachers are teaching students to think interdependently and to adapt to their surroundings because those are the skills that we're going to need to use, um, not only as we continue to learn, um, but as we start getting careers. Um, so, so can you can you talk about some some projects, some some school based projects that that you've been in, involved in that that has um, motivated this? like like motivated this 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 way of doing so i think the one that stands out to me the most um was in sixth grade and this is kind of what launched everything so in sixth grade uh, we had this class uh called idea foundry um and i think uh mr outline talked about this a little bit uh but it follows you guys design thinking process so we learn to empathize, um, find a problem, do research, um, whiteboard solutions, prototype a solution and present. Um, and through that, I was able to do a plastic pollution process with the plastic deposit return machine. Um, you and Malia probably know a bit about that because you guys are from yep. California. <laughs> um, but for any of the, I guess, listeners who don't know what that is, um, it is kind of like a reverse vending machine in yeah. the sense that instead of putting money in and getting a bottle in return, you're like putting the bottles in and then getting money. So it like encourages recycling. So I was able to do a project on that and I was able to meet with like a Harvard professor, a scientist from Italy, um, some of my state legislators. So it wow. was incredible. And that was just through connections that you sought out on your own, or did your teachers facilitate some of those connections? Um, well, in the class, um, the teachers were good about helping us. Like, they guide us, yeah. but they don't do it for us. Good. Yeah. They show us how to do it. They teach us how we, how we connect with people, how we send good emails. Yeah. Um, and then they let us do it on our own. Awesome. That sounds really fun. What do you What do you want to do when you graduate high school or college or like what's your What do you see yourself doing? Well, there's a lot of things that I want to do. Yeah, I know I want to do something with like law, politics, yeah. environmental science, social justice. But it's just I still haven't figured out exactly what I want to do. Yeah, but I guess I do know that I want to do something where I can make big. Um, structural and systematic change. Yeah, oh. you're on the right path. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, and and Grace, the one of the things that you know you'll all of us old old people will will tell you is that you you know you have you have you have plenty of time, which is which is true. Yeah. But understand that you're already doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know you're 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 one of those few um, eighth grade eighth grade students that 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 is making change. Um, so, you know, understand that right before you head off into the big bad world. Um, um, and, and how, how would you wish, wish to, to get other, other students your age, um, in, involved or what are some, you know, what are some ways to actually get them activated also? 
I think just reaching out through things that they're interested in. Um, I don't, that might mean using social media to gain their attention. Um, but I think also making them feel empowered and making them feel like they can actually do that. Because I know that before middle school, I wasn't encouraged to make a change because I didn't think that it was something that I could actually do. I thought it was only things that adults could do. Yeah. Yes. We will do projects to show mastery. Um, we've done projects in the past in math class where we've used like drones to um, like to use like um, grids and to graph coordinates. Cool. Uh, that's, that's been super cool. We've done like things where we've like created our own maps using data. Uh, we've like created, we've learned how to like create, um, videos or do like stop motion videos. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like the realm of like possibility is just like endless for different projects we can do. And so usually what teachers will do is they will assign a project and they will give us a rubric and we can branch out as much as we'd like. We can use like whatever medium we would, we'd like to do it. Um, we could use like social media to do it. We could make a poster, a video. Um, yeah, there's so many different possibilities for us. And then we just have to make sure that it follows the rubric that the teacher provided and the teacher will like check in on us to make sure that we are, um, on the right path. Um, but it's very, they let us like be very independent. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. And so are a lot yeah. of these like self-directed or do you get to work in groups or you, you get some of both? Um, definitely get some of both. A lot of times we do quite a bit of group work for doing a project. Yeah. What do you think about group work? A lot of students are polarized on that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, if I have good group members, I yes, like group of course, right? <laughs> yeah. See, see, Grace, I was that. I would have been that that kid that was that was in your group. Oh, Grace, why don't you do this? I'll give you ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but not if you get to use a drone to go like map some coordinates. You'd be all about Rude. that. Yeah. Yeah. Rude. So if you got to sit down with some curriculum specialists and some teachers to create a school, um, what would you want students to learn in that That's school? a fun question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I would have them incorporate as much current events and real-world um, like real world information as much as possible um, because I think it's important to not detach education yeah. from the real world because that's what I feel like it's become. Yeah. Like it, it's helpful for students to be able to see how, how what they learn applies to what they'll be doing outside of school. Yeah. Um, and I think also allowing teachers to kind of make their own lesson plans and adapt because some of my teachers have had incredible like ideas Yep. and just having that opportunity to be able to, um, 
to do whatever they'd like with the classroom has really made it into a more fun and creative environment. So along with that, um, if you were, you know, again, along that same vein of of building a school, how would you like administrators and teachers to interact? Um, I think the biggest thing that administrators can do is listen to their students. I think too often the students' perspectives aren't brought into consideration when decisions are made, and yet they're being the people that are most impacted by these decisions. And then, um, and then teachers are are there have have there been times in which you you as Grace have have gone up to to a teacher say, look, you know, why don't we try something like this? Um, or are there, or are the teachers there kind of open and, um, and, and, and receptive just to any, any new thing? So it's been, it's pretty cool. Um, a lot of times our teachers will like send out like a Google form and we'll say like, is there anything you'd like me to know? Um, and stuff like that so that they can kind of get our input and they'll like ask, would you like like to a more seminar style or would you like to just watch a video on your own? And so they kind of get our input on how they want to run, the, uh, how we want them to run their classrooms. I like um, that. So that's been a pretty helpful to a lot of the students um, because it gives us more voice in our learning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they're all super like, like if, if I wanted to like, if I wanted um, let's say my science teacher to cover a little bit of stuff about space, even though it wasn't in kind of like the curriculum that we had for that year, she could do it. She could like add it in during maybe like a unit when we were talking about like gravity or energy. Yeah. Do you see students taking advantage of this freedom in your school? I do. It's been uh, super cool. We actually just got back um, yesterday. We had a field trip to go like, to I guess we had we had to go like skating um for a science trip um (laughs) and it was actually a student's idea oh cool to go there and then we've had like students like lead like lead group like we have like this thing called I choose and it's basically like uh we'll like have a shorter class periods for a day and then at the end we have like kind of like a fun class and like you can sign up to like what you want to learn. And we've had students um, teach like a short class about something they're passionate about, or we've had someone teach CPR. So it's really cool. So yeah, they are really taking advantage of it in a, in a good, in a positive way where they're voicing what they want to learn about. And, and then it's, you're seeing it put into action, which is really Unique because most of the time, like as an educator, we get course evaluations at the end of the course and it doesn't benefit the student who was sitting in your class all semester. So uh, it's nice that they're able to implement those changes right away. Um, last question from me, uh, because I, I could go on talking with you, Grace, because this is this is amazing. Now, since you're so active, how, how does your mom try to like pin you down to <laughs> do stuff at home? 
<laughs> because you know it's because and, and I and I and I mean this in a in a very nice way, you know, because yeah. there, could, there could be you know there there could be parents out there who are saying, oh, you know, oh my gosh, you know, she's doing way way too much. She should be blah 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 blah. So so how like how do you and your mom kind of manage manage everything? It's definitely hard to manage. Okay. I mean, I'm often like I often get home from school. And I have still, I still have work to do, whether it be homework or having to write an article mm-hmm. or something. There's always something to do. Um, but it's just me having to make that effort, having to make that effort um, and to know that spending time with family is more important mm-hmm. than working for these organizations, especially at my age. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. And it's, you know, and I, and I equate this with um, parents that have their, have their kids in club sports um, yeah. because that's, that's a lot of, a lot of time and, and they're, and they're able to manage it. And, and what, and what you're doing is you know, part of a, you're, you're the club, you know, you're the, you're, you're the club of you um, and, 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 and everything that, that you want to involve yourself with does does take time so it's so it's good to hear that you're that you're also cognizant of family time yeah and my family is super supportive as well so that helps a lot that's cool it sounds like you have a pretty good balance so that's good Mm -hmm. so finally what is your call to action for people out there say my call to action is pretty simple it's just start where you are Use what you have and do what you can. Oh gosh, that should be a tagline. Awesome, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, oh, Grace, you're awesome. <laughs> um, what's your next? What's your next project? What's your next um, trip? Are you going anywhere? Um, I don't have an upcoming trip planned yet. Um, I'm thinking I'm, well, I'm working with some groups, um, up in Minnesota, trying to see if I can find some type of trip to go on. Cause Great. I love those. Um, but, um, I think my next project is probably trying to continue building up my club. Good. So hopefully we can do some type of, uh, climate strike or climate action. Great. In our community. Well, well we look forward to, to hearing from you. Um, the reason why I'm out here in, Hawaii is 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 planning is planning a trip for summer of twenty twenty one, you know because I, I I do understand that yeah that um Hon- that Honduras is you know is a is a great place and you know mm-hmm. and I do plan on going going back there but there's there's a lot of really cool stuff going going on here with sustainability yeah um, and so. Um, you could bring your club here. So I'll, <laughs> I'll be, but yeah, but it, it'll be summer of 2021 um, yeah. where, where I'm, I'm meeting with, with a lot of non nonprofits here that do a lot of sustainable farming um, and doing, doing a lot of work. So be on the lookout. But Fred, yeah, where she home. lives, she's going to want to go to Hawaii in the winter, not in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> 
because of True. snow and ice. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, because uh, Grace, Malia's from um, Wisconsin. Oh. So cool. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. But I yeah. live, yeah. yeah, I live in California now, but. Well, Grace, thanks so much for all of your work, and I'm sure we will see more out of you in the future. Good luck with your club, and thanks for being on our podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks, Grace.